All right, all right, all right, all right. Come on, I hope you're excited as I am to be in church this week. I believe that the local church is the hope of the world and that God is building his church right now in the capital region and he chose you to take part of that and that is why you are here today. I just want to take a moment and welcome everybody to Vast Church. My name is Pastor Brenton. I'm so glad that you are here today, and it is not by mistake that you are here with us today. So let's give it up for everybody that's joining us online today. Come on. We are so thankful that you are with us this morning, and we are in part number two of a four-part message series called I Am Vast, and we're looking at four different uh, value statements that we have here as a church. And last week, we acknowledged, uh, come on, shout out if you were here, we acknowledged, what did we acknowledge? We acknowledged that we are faith-filled, big-thinking, bet the farm risk-takers. We will never insult God with what? Small thinking or safe living. Come on, if you enjoy that message, let's give God a big round of applause in this place. Today, I want to start in John uh, chapter 4 and John's gospel, the fourth chapter, and we're going to launch off a couple of verses and look at our second we statement that, uh, uh, our, that what, what we value here as a church. What do we value here as a church? And so in John chapter 4, This is right after Jesus encountered the woman at the well and offered her living water. And the disciples of Jesus were concerned about Jesus' state, wondering if he might be a little bit hungry. So let's jump into this. Let's open up our Bibles and let's look at verse 31. So the disciples, they what? They urged him, Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. Uh, uh, Jesus said back to them, to the disciples, he says, and everybody's like, you know, Jesus was like a philosopher. He was gangster. And he'd always say stuff that was so smart that it'd make you sit there and think. But at the beginning, you're like, what the heck, Jesus, what are you talking about? This is one of those statements. You ready for this? He says, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Okay, Jesus, what does that mean? What does that mean, Jesus? Jesus, what do you... What 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 are you talking about? So the disciples go, Jesus, we're worried about you. Maybe you need to eat something. And then Jesus says back to him, he goes, I have food to eat. You know nothing about. What is Jesus talking about? What is he saying? Well, as we go on today, we're going to figure out what Jesus was talking about because it's actually pretty deep and pretty good. Most of the things that Jesus says is pretty deep, pretty good. Can I get a good amen? Amen. So let's go on to verse 33. He says, then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him some food? I don't know, maybe. Did somebody slip him some Taco Bell when none of us were looking? All right, we all know that Jesus didn't eat Taco Bell, but uh, uh, maybe maybe it was something like this. Did Jesus give him some hummus and carrots? I'm assuming that that would be more healthy. Jesus would be a healthy guy. I don't know. I mean, if you see all the pictures of Jesus, he's pretty ripped, but... No, that's not actually Jesus. Anyways, so the disciples are going, did somebody give Jesus something to eat? And then Jesus in verse 34 says something really, 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 really powerful. Uh, Eat something. Jesus says back to him, my food is to do what? What did he say? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me. To do what? and finish his good work. Who is he talking about? Who is he talking about? God the Father. He said, my food, 
My nourishment is something else. When everybody else thinks about fill me, 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 what actually fills me, this is what Jesus is saying, what actually fills me up is to fill others. Boom! To fill others. What nourishes me is to pour into the lives of others, to do the work of God and finish the task that he sent me to do. I have food for you. I have food that you know nothing about. What fills me is to do the work of God and ministering to others. What's interesting to me is that that the disciples were all concerned about uh, uh, consumption. All they were thinking about was, we need to consume. We've we've got to take care of ourselves. We've got to make sure that that, that he's okay. He needs to eat something. He needs this. And Jesus was not concerned about anything. He wasn't even concerned about consuming. He was concerned about what? What was the one thing that he was concerned about? Contributing. Contributing. When he contributed in the lives of others, you know what happened? It actually nourished him in a way that is beyond our ability to understand. And like it goes completely against our human nature. It goes completely against the core of who we are. The reality is in our world today, uh, a lot of people just say, uh, well, we're, well, we're just good people. That simply is not true. We're actually sinful. Guess what? I'm not a good person. In Jesus' eyes, I am sinful. We by nature are self-centered and selfish. If you don't believe me, just ask yourself, do you ever have to teach a child to be selfish? No, never, right? You never, ever have to sit down with a two-year-old and say, hey, guess what? Today, we're going to teach you about uh, how to be selfish. No, you don't have to do that. We're not teaching your kids how to be selfish in the back room, right? We're going we're going to have a selfish lesson today, guys. No, I, I'm going to hand you a toy, and what you're going to do is when I try to take it from you, guess what? You're going to scream uh, and throw a fit and go, uh, at the top of your lungs, right? Mine, 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 mine. It's like those, uh, you remember the seagulls from Finding Nemo? Mine, mine, mine. No, by our nature, we are self-centered and we are selfish in every single way possible. And Jesus is saying this. He says, he says, I, I have a higher calling than just thinking about me. I want to contribute into the life of others. And what's interesting is for all of you that are a little bit older in the crowd, okay, right? Do you remember this song? Do you remember this song? Here we go. Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickle, onion on a sesame seed bun, right? You remember that? Do you remember that? You remember this growing up, right? It was the promise, right? If you, if you walked into a certain restaurant, what is it? It's the Devil's Palace. No, I'm just joking. It's McDonald's, right? and you ordered a a Big Mac, what you would get would be two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickle, onion on a sesame seed bun. Every single time, every single time you'd walk in, right? Guaranteed that's what you got until something happened at another restaurant that literally changed the course of history and society forever. Some of you might have remembered this, right? The year was 1973. Well, for perspective's sake, my, my dad was three years old at the time. Anyways, so this is when Burger King changed everything. Burger King came out with a slogan. What was it? Do you guys remember what it was? Have it your way. Have it your way. Before Burger King, if you ever walked in and you ordered a hamburger and, and, and had, it always had, it had uh, uh, two tomatoes, four pickles, lettuce, and onion. 
and you got a hamburger, no matter what you wanted, with, with, with two tomatoes, four pickles, lettuce, and onion, right? But Burger King said this, hold the pickle, hold the lettuce, special orders, they don't upset us, right? And some of you, you're, you're, feeling, you're feeling close to God right now. <laughs> if, 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 you were, if you were born after the year 2000, right? You're going, uh, uh, what, what is he talking about? I didn't know that. Like, I thought you could always just order what you wanted. No, actually, guess what? Everything changed suddenly in that year 1973. You could walk in and you could be in control and you could say, I want extra pickles. I don't want pickles. I want mayonnaise or I'm a mustard guy. Mustard guy. Turn your neighbor and say mustard guy. Mustard guy. And all of a sudden, listen, you were in charge. And now, here we are 40 years later. And guess what? The customer is king. The customer's king. In fact, right, one speaker said it, one speaker said it just like this. Ready for it? All right, I'm going to read this because it's a little bit long-winded, but we're going to make it happen. Ready? So one speaker said it like this. He said, a company will promote their quality, value, style, service, selection, convenience, savings, performance, experience, low ratings, friendly service, name brands, uh, easy terms, affordable prices, money back guarantee, free installation, free admission, free appraisal, free alterations, free delivery, free estimates, free home trials, and free parking. No cash, no problem, no kidding, no fuss, no must, no risk, no obligation, no red tape, no down payment, no entry fee, no hidden fee, no purchase necessary. No one will call you. No payments until September. And don't forget to pick up your free gift, a classy deluxe custom design, luxury prestige, high quality premium, one of a kind pencil holder, yours for the asking. No more purchase necessary. Why? Because you're that important to us. Right? Right? It's just like that. Have it your way. No lettuce, no pickles, no fuss. Special orders don't rattle us or however however it goes. All right. So all of a sudden, we became a consumer mindset society. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. I want to have it my way. And tragically, the consumer mindset has now bled over into the local church. You know that? Have you realized that? If you notice in many parts of the country, for example, where I grew up in Springfield, Missouri, it's common to encounter people who have this type of language. You know anybody? Oh, I'm just church shopping. I'm just church shopping. I mean, even the very language, I'm just shopping for a church. I'm just shopping for a church. And then what I'll hear oftentimes is, I just can't find a good church. There's no good churches around here. I just can't find a church that's right for us. As you can tell, I'm super gracious for these people. I've looked everywhere. We've been to 79 churches in our community, and I just can't find a good one. Now, don't miss this. You may have heard this, but I've heard this many, many times. I just can't find a church that what? I just can't find a church that meets my needs. You can't what? You can't find a church that meets your needs? I just can't find a church that meets my needs. Come on. Seriously, guys. This is incredibly common mindset today. It's bled all the way into the local church. We're looking for a church, but we just can't find one that meets our needs. So gracious. (laughs) so last week we talked about what we talked about being faith-filled big thinking bet the farm risk takers this week 
I want to give you a value of something that we are not as a church uh, and something that we are as a church, okay? If you're taking notes and, and, and you're going to want to take notes, last week I kind of dug into somebody, but I saw a comment on Facebook and they said, I'm so thankful that I took notes because this week I picked this up and it really spoke to me. You're never going to know what uh, this is going to apply to your heart or whenever you're going to want to use this later on. So you retain 22% more of what you, what you write down than if you were not to take notes. So take notes, let's get it out, let's make it happen, and let's do whatever you got to do. I don't care how you take notes. You've got to write it on your hand. Write it on your hand. But take notes today, all right? So here's your value statement for this week. Let's say this together. We are spiritual contributors. We are not spiritual consumers. Why? Because we understand that the church does not exist for us. But we are the church and we exist for the world. This statement, this statement changes everything everything. And I would love, I would love it if you would say this with me. So last week, there's some of you guys that walked in here that gave me a, a half butt. That's the non-cuss version. A half butt lazy response in this room. Okay. I can't have that. I can't have none of that today. All right. Let's say this out loud. All right. What are we not? We are not spiritual consumers. What are we? Say it with me. We are spiritual contributors. Why are we spiritual contributors? Because we understand that the church does not exist for us. Who are we? We are the church and we exist for the world. We are spiritual contributors. Our food is something many people don't understand. It is to do the work and the will of God that nourishes us because the church does not exist for us. But if you're a follower of Jesus, we recognize that the church and we exist to bring the light and the love of Jesus into this world. Come on, can I get a good amen today, church? All right, so what I wanna do is, just like last week, and just like in the next couple weeks, I want to ask you to rate yourself someone on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 will be down here in this corner. This is the lowest one. This, uh, this would be that you are a spiritual consumer. And then 10 is way over here on this side, all right? And then this one, this is going to be uh, 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 the, the top dog, right? Do not circle 10 because unless you gave your life for the sins of the world on the cross and you rose again, you're not allowed to be 10, okay? Cool? All right, so if you think you're Jesus, just tap three people next to you and ask them. Be like, hey, bro, uh, I, got, I got a question for you. Uh, I'm a little nervous about asking this, but uh, uh, am I Jesus? And they're going to tell you, bro, don't, 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 don't put a 10 down. You're, you're, not, you're not Jesus. I want you to think before you do it, okay? But, but in a minute, I want you just to go ahead and circle one of them, one through 10. Okay, in your head. And then let, let, let me uh, help you figure this out, right? If you're here uh, physically with us today and you walked in and you dropped off your children off to somebody else who is serving, right, in, in, the, in the kids area and you're not serving anywhere at all in the church, but you're, you're benefiting from that and then you come on a Sunday morning, maybe you get a, a free donut, maybe you get a free bottle of water or coffee, right, at some point, you consume something for free, right? Or you sat down on the chair, right, this chair that you sat in, right? And, and you know what, $7 at Ikea, you can't beat it. Church plant life. 
but you didn't pay for it, right? Somebody else purchased it in a building that you didn't pay for and you've never given any type of offering whatsoever and, and you just come to enjoy like literally everything and, 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 and like, but, but you've never done anything to give back, right? And if it's your first time here, this is why we do it for you. Don't feel offended. You are not taking advantage of us. I love you. I'm thankful that you're here. But if you've come multiple times, right? You've been on a team and you're not giving anything or doing anything, circle of two. All right, I'd say one, but one is the devil, right? One's the devil, so you ain't the devil. All right, I'll, I'll let you go down to two, all right? But I'm just gonna call it what it is, right? You've only benefited, but you've given nothing back, okay? And now let's say you've come to like the, uh, you've gone to next step classes, or let's say you've contributed financially a couple times every now and then, and then the spirit moves upon you or whatever. You might be like a, a four or a five, you determine it, okay? Uh, uh, and then some of you, quite honestly, like you're 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 gonna be up there probably like at like an eight or a nine, and, and you're here every time the do, the doors open. Uh, you're serving, uh, you're giving, you're doing everything you're supposed to do. You're in a in a in a vast group, right? You're contributing, okay? And and, and maybe maybe you're contributing in two or three places, and you're praying daily for the leaders and God's work of the church, and you're bringing people all of the time into the building. You're involved in local ministries. You're seriously, you're all in. You've got a even you could probably got a bumper sticker on your car, you know, vast life, best life. If you want, we can go get one at guest services. But you totally, you totally believe that you are the church and you're serving the community, representing God. If that's you, you can go ahead uh, and put uh, you know what, you're gonna you're probably gonna be at probably an eight or a nine, right? You're not a ten because that's that's Jesus, but but you're probably an eight or a nine. And and what I want you to do right now is uh don't even look around. Um, just just think in your heart, where are you at? Take a moment. Where are you at in your heart? Where are you at today, right? Now, if you find yourself at a six or below, this message is really designed to speak to you. And I believe that God wants to stir you to do something greater in your life. And I'm going to give you two easy to remember points about uh, your gifts for the church, okay? I'm gonna make it real easy for you. Two points, write these down. Get out your notepad, get out your crayons, get out your tablet, whatever you need to do, write these suckers down, right? The first one is, if you're taking notes, is very simple. I want all of you who are followers of Jesus to understand this, that God calls you to serve him in his church. God calls you to serve him in his church. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are gifted, you are called, and you are set apart to use your gifts to make a difference in his church. That's it. That's it. You're called to make a difference. The challenge with this is that in our world today, uh, again, a lot of people, they, they don't really understand what the, the, church, the church is, right? right? What, what we need to do uh, like, or who we are or whatever. I'm going to make this very, very clear for you. That God never intended for the church to be a building. The church has never been a building. God always intended for the church to be his people. The church is not a building. The church is his people. Okay? And, and, and we might use the phrase innocently, I'm going to church. And that's, that's totally fine. As long as we understand that, that a church is not a building, that, that we are the church and that we are here for the world. We have to understand that. We are the church and that we are here for the world. And this is just like a little history lesson, right? right? Why did this change? 
Why did this change? Well, well, many, many people say, well, how, how did we start thinking of the church as a building? And you may not recognize this, but, but churches didn't even own buildings when the church started and people really couldn't even gather publicly until things changed about 313 AD when Constantine passed a law now legalizing Christianity before 313 AD, literally in the fourth century after the birth of Christ, before that time, people couldn't even gather publicly to worship, right? They couldn't even gather publicly to worship Christ. It would be considered illegal and they were genuinely persecuted for it, okay? What did persecution look like? It wasn't like, oh, Timmy's a Christian. Look at Christian boy. No, it was, we're going to kill you, bro. We're killing you. You're dead. It's illegal. How dare you worship? How dare you worship any other gods but these gods? And also, you could not do any gatherings legally or own land or property because it wasn't legal at all for the church. And, and guess what? It, it, it's a good thing. And I believe with all my heart, right, uh, for the church to be able to own property, right? I, I believe that they're supposed to have buildings because here we can gather legally and congregate and it makes things either. I'm praying that one day God's going to give us beautiful buildings. But we have to get this in our head that the church is not a building. It's a people. And when we start to realize this and when, when we, we, we go out in the world and when we are the church, it makes all the difference. We can make a huge difference. But before that, people would not uh, have even called the church a building. It was totally and completely people, okay? So we do not go to church technically. Technically, we are the church. And what do we exist for? We exist for the world. Now, let's open up our Bibles today to uh, Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. And this is going to help us see how God wants us to use our gifts in the church. So here's what Scripture says. It says, in his grace, God has given us what? What did he give us, everybody? God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God uh, uh, has, has given you a gift, right, that you're supposed to do things well, and so now Paul is going to list off seven uh, different gifts, and there are many more. And so uh, this is what he's going to going to going to list off. So let's go into uh, verse six and let's read this. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. The second gift here: if God has given you the gift of serving others, then serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If your gift is to give generously, then give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So we have prophecy, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leading, and kindness. Seven different areas. And I pray that today you would take the next step to help discover what your gifts are. And if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are or, or what they would be, I want to invite you to come out to next classes and take this seriously. We will help prepare you. We're going to do a gifts assessment on you to figure out what your giftings are. We're going to do a personality assessment on you to figure out what your personality is so that once you discover who you are and what you're all about, right, God is going to use you in a great way when you apply that in the right place. And so everybody has a gift in the body. And if we don't all do our part, a body's not going to function, right? Right? Like if my leg's broken, right? Right, CJ? Come on, you know CJ broke his leg on the stage. Anyways, <laughs> if we don't use our gifts, if we don't use our 
bodies the right way, it's not going to work. It's going to be ugly. And how are we going to impact the world if our bodies aren't working right? If the church isn't working right, right? Every person has a gift. Discover your gift. Discover what God created you to do and do it with all of your might, right? God wants to use your gift in the church to minister to people for his glory. Thought number two, God calls you to serve as his church. God calls you to serve as his church. And this is so important. Not only do we serve in his church, what's also important is to build one another up and serve as his church to the world. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. Jesus has said, said to those that were followers of him, uh, you are the, what did he say? Let's say it out loud. You are the light of the world. If you are the light of the world, your light shines into the darkness. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do, the, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. So, so what? So it gives light to everybody in the house. And in the same way, Jesus' followers are called to let your light shine before uh, others so that they may see your what? What does it say? What does it say? They may see your good deeds and that they might glorify the Father in heaven. Let your light shine into all the world that they might see your good deeds, that they might, might, might become committed to Christ so that they might see that you are different, so that they might see that you care about people in the world and that, that they will see that you are engaged, loving them, and that, that, that they, they will see your good deeds. Now, make no mistake about it. We are not saved by good works. We are saved by grace through faith and that alone. We are not saved by good works. We are not saved by good works, but this is what we are saved for. We are saved to do good works. We are not saved by good works, but we're saved to do good works. As followers of Jesus, we are saved to make a difference in this world. We are saved to be the light of the world. Let them see your good deeds. Now, ask yourself in the, in the past seven days, how many people would know by the way that you lived that you are different? Would they? Would they know that it's not all about you? That you are giving and that you are serving? That you're making a difference? That you're, you're listening and you're truly being engaged in the life of, the, of people that, that are around you? Or would they even know that you are a Jesus follower? Let them see your good works that they might, it might intrigue them. It might draw them in. It might, it might be like, hey, something's different about Jimmy. Something's really different about Jimmy. Like, like he's always serving. He's always happy. He's always working hard. He's always giving. Like, it doesn't make sense. Why, why is he doing this? Why, why is he doing this? Your light needs to shine. Your light needs to shine. We have to. We have to because if not, there's not really much bringing light into this world. Right? Right? What is different about you? What makes him tick? Like, like why, why do you care about me? I, I can't believe that you're so involved. I can't believe that you gave something to me. I, there, with no strings attached, I can't believe that you're involved uh, uh, in my life at all and that you're loving me and that you're not judging me and that you seem to care so much more about me than anybody else. Why? Why? And then you tell them why. 
You tell them. And then so, so that one day, you know what? They would glorify God. They would become a Christian. That they would see your good works. They will know that we are Christians by our what? Love. You are the light of the world. You're not only called to serve in the church. We're called to serve in the world as the church. You see, in my mind, we, we, we still haven't, have, haven't, haven't even reached my vision yet. Right? I've had a few people, Pastor, isn't it awesome that we, you, this was your vision, this was your vision. We aren't even there yet. We aren't even there yet. I still have a vision for a church that is greater than what we see today. I have a vision that a church that loves others more than we've been loved. I have a vision that people uh, uh, who serve others more than they have been served. I have a vision that a church that would give more than we receive. I have a vision for a group of people that are so overwhelmed with love so overwhelmed with love that they would point people to Jesus uh, and they will forgive and, and he will heal and he will make them new. I have a vision for a church where every single person in the body of Christ sees themselves as a part of the body of Christ, that no one would just come and consume and consume and consume and consume and consume and consume all the time, but they would recognize that we are his church and I've got gifts and I've got a calling and I cannot, after all that God has done for me, simply just sit and consume. There is something so much better. I have a food that many people don't understand. What fills me is to do the work of God and to impact the lives of others. I have a vision for a group of people that not only would serve in the church, but would serve as the church in this world. And, and, and if this, this church were not in this community, people would be upset because they'd be like, where did that church go? They were doing so much. What, they were making such a difference. And even if, even, if, even if they don't believe in Jesus or believe in what we believe in, they couldn't deny that he impacted our lives so greatly that, that what we believe in is real. We do believe in God, and we believe that he has called us to something more than a consumeristic, self-centered mindset. We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors because the church does not exist for us, you see. Who are we? We are the church and we exist for the world. Just bow our heads. Father, today I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would stir up in our hearts today. That God, that, that years from now, there'll be ministries born out of this church. There'll be lives changed because your Holy Spirit did something in the hearts of your church today. God, that, 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 we, we, that we fight against this uh, have it your way mentality and that the, that the church needs to meet my needs mindset. That God, we recognize that Jesus did everything possible for us on the cross and that, that, that our only reasonable response to his grace is the gift uh, of giving and giving our gifts away. And so God, stir people right now in this moment to use their gifts as the church. Stir people, God. Stir people, to use their gifts as the church and to be the light of the world and to draw people in to know you. Across all of our churches, if you take a moment and pray, nobody looking around. If you want to be a true spiritual contributor making an even greater difference than, than you are right now, Here's what I want you to know, that God, God has set you apart. That he's put gifts inside of you. He's put certain talents inside of you that you have 
right now. Things that you do that come naturally to you and you enjoy them. He wants you to use them in his church and as the church. Nothing is wasted. Across this church today, those of you that would say, I want to be a greater spiritual contributor, making a difference with with the gifts that God has given me and and the life that I have. I want to be an even greater influence in the kingdom of God for his glory. Would you lift your hands right now just all over the place? Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. I'm believing that every hand in this room is going to go up. That that, that God, you are going to use them for a greater measure. Greater measure. Greater measure, Lord. Use us at a greater level, God. God, that we wouldn't just come to church once a month or twice a month, but God, that we would be here every single week. That we would be building up your body because we know that when we give of our time, our talents, our treasure, Lord, that you are always going to provide more for us, that you, it nourishes our body. God, that, that when we can do more with, with, with six days of the week and giving you one than we could with seven, seven full days. That God, it is important for us to be here. It is important for us to serve. It's important for us to start new churches. It's important for us to keep going and pressing in God because this is what's going to make the difference. We exist for the world and we are going to be the change in this world and when we go to church it's not about coming and consuming but it's about giving it away and so that we can see lives changed every single week father i thank you for so much that 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 for that that we have people that that understand that we're not looking for a perfect place uh, uh, to meet our needs how stupid and selfish is that lord But God, we recognize that you have called us as an imperfect uh, 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 people and an imperfect church and that your church is full of imperfect people. We are your church and God, you called us to be the light of the world. Stir our hearts today, God. Stir our hearts today. And I pray that that, that for some people it would just be, be impossible to continue just to consume and consume and consume and consume and that we would find a deep, deep meaning within us that we need to give back that God you would use our gifts as a church and not just in the church but as the church in the world showing the love of Jesus that people would praise and glorify you as you keep praying today nobody looking around Jesus said this my food is to do the will of God and to finish the work that he has sent me to do What is that work? What is that? What is he talking about? Very simply, Jesus came to seek and save those that are lost. And what I love about Jesus is this, that Jesus didn't go and love on them, the the, the religious people. He walked right past them. When they were arrogant, when they were self-centered, when they, they, they thought religion was the answer, he walked right past them. And he walked up to the uneducated, the rough people, the people that others rejected. He walked up to the worst of the sinners and he loved them and he accepted them just as they were. And Jesus did something for us that that we could not do for ourselves because he never sinned, right? He gave his life as the perfect sacrifice. He gave his life on the cross. He looked up to heaven right before he gave it and he said, it is finished. I came to finish the work and I did it. It's finished. He gave his life. He gave his life. And then on the third day after his death, 
The stone rolled away from the tomb that they put him in, and there was nothing in there. He was risen from the dead so that you, that me, that whoever recognizes their need for him could be saved and forgiven. And at the beginning of the message, I I said that, you know what, you're not a good person, right? I'm not a good person. Until you see yourself as a sinner, you won't see your need for a savior. And there are many of you out there right now that, that, that you're going to recognize this, that, that I need God's forgiveness, that I need his grace, that I need Jesus, that I can't do this on my own. Jesus came to seek and save people like us, people who weren't good enough to get there on their own. Some of you right now, you feel this emptiness in your heart. You feel a void. And that's because you're doing life without the presence of God. Others of you, you feel the weight of your sin. And it, it, it's, it's, so, it's so real on your life. When, when you call on him, he'll forgive every single sin that you've ever committed. And he will make you brand new. And that's exactly, precisely why many of you are here today. And you know it. You know this. This is why you're here. At all of our churches, those of you that would say, you know what, I'm about to step across the line. I'm I'm about to I'm about to consume and I'm about to take the grace that he has given me. But I'm not just gonna take it. I'm going to let him transform me and I'm gonna become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Today by faith. I give my life to him. If that's your prayer in this room, I want you to lift your hands right now across this room and say, yes, yes, that is my prayer. That is my prayer today. I want to be used by God. I want to use my giftings by God. And I don't just want to consume. I want to give him all of me. I want to give him my life, my talents, my gifts, my time, my my, my talents, my, my, my energy, my treasure. I want to give it all to him. Today, by faith, if that's you, lift your hands across this place. Lift your hands in the air. And let's say this together. Nobody's going to pray this alone. And we're all going to pray this out loud together. Let's say it together. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Today by faith, I give my life to you. Jesus, make me new. Transform me. Fill me with your spirit so I would know you and so I could serve you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. I give my life to you. I give my talents to you. I will serve in your church and I will serve as your church. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you give them a big round of applause? Come on, for everybody that just entered in to God's family today. People that were born into the kingdom today. Come on, let's give it up for them. If you made a decision, you can flip over your U card and there's a, there's a check boxes of next steps. I want you to make that decision today. If you made that decision, check that box. Whatever your next step is, you better get out to next classes because if you're gonna get involved, if you're gonna use your gifts in the church, you're gonna wanna get out to next classes tonight at five o'clock at the Gloversville uh, office. And, and so you can go there and we're gonna be there. We're gonna have dinner. We're gonna be having a great time, hanging out, doing the whole shebang. And you're not gonna wanna miss what God is gonna be wanting to do in your life using your gifts. 
I'm going to invite up our, our MC to close out the experience, guys. Thank you so, so, so much for, for joining in today, for coming to church, guys. I'm so blessed to be your pastor. Guys, thank you so much. God bless.